top stories of the week. The world continues to not really do much to help Ukraine. Also, the Labour Party proves it's ready for government by also having a shit internal culture. And I'm not doing anything on Ben Robert Smith this week because it's all getting embarrassingly sad now. This is News Weekly, and you really should buy tickets to my Melbourne and Sydney Comedy Festival shows. You really, really should. Hello, I'm Sammy Shah, and this is News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Russia is cancelled news now. With the Russian invasion of Ukraine about to enter its fourth week, Donald Trump's KGB handler and the only man capable of defeating Steven Seagal in a fight, Vladimir Putin, shows no signs of retreating. This despite such strong condemnation from US President Joe Biden. That was President Biden saying he wasn't ready to call Putin a war criminal, then realizing he'd misheard the reporter and doubling back. Did you ask me whether I would call? Oh, I, I, I think he is a war criminal. So that's probably why he still hasn't declared Ukraine a no-fly zone, despite Ukrainian President Zelensky's repeated requests for him to do so. He just misheard Zelensky. Instead of a no-fly zone, he thinks Zelensky is asking for a no-pie zone. And Americans love pie, so he could never approve that. Zelensky, meanwhile, has continued his appeals to the West for more support, even speaking directly to the US Congress. As the leader of my nation, I am addressing the President Biden. You are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. It was an impassioned and powerful speech that received a standing ovation from the US Congress, which is impressive when you consider the average age of senators is 61, so standing up actually requires a lot of effort for some of them. Biden was so inspired by the speech that he announced an $800 million aid package. I want to begin by thanking President Zelensky for his passionate message this morning. I listened to it in the private residence and uh, he was convincing. And What did you need convincing of? Did Biden not think the war was really happening until Zelensky showed pictures in the speech? Putin is inflicting appalling, appalling devastation and horror on Ukraine. Bombing apartment buildings, maternity wards, hospitals. I mean, who does Putin think he is? George W. Bush invading Iraq? Or, you know, every other American president in the last 30 years? And the world is united in our support for Ukraine and our determination to make Putin pay a very heavy price. I mean, technically 35 countries abstained from condemning Russia in a UN resolution and five of them voted against the resolution. So I guess the world is united in the same way that in the United States of America, every state hates the other states. Okay, just tell us what you're giving Ukraine. On Saturday, my administration authorized another $200 million to keep a steady flow of weapons and ammunition moving to Ukraine. Now I'm once again using my presidential authority to activate an additional security assistance to continue to help Ukraine fend off Russia's assault. An additional $800 million in assistance. 
Most of that money will be in the form of equipment and weapons, along with humanitarian aid. It's the aid which has infuriated Putin, who has announced his own list of sanctions, putting sanctions on several American politicians. Russia targeted President Biden himself with sanctions today, along with his son Hunter Biden, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, even Hillary Clinton. The sanctions will prevent any of these American politicians from visiting Russia or accessing Russian funds. Weirdly, all of the people on the list of sanctions are Democrats. There's no Republicans. Almost as though he doesn't worry about Republicans in America ever being critical of him. After all, there's no bigger supporter in America of Putin than right-wing broadcaster Fox News and its host, a giant fucking loser, Tucker Carlson. Why do I why care do you what's about going on in the conflict between Ukraine and Russia? Be- because, and I'm serious. Like, why do I I'll care? Tell you why. And why shouldn't I root for Russia, be- which I am? At this point, NATO exists primarily to torment Vladimir Putin, who, whatever his many faults, has no intention of invading Western Europe. Vladimir Putin does not want Belgium. He just wants to keep his Western borders secure. Wait a second. Why is it disloyal to side with Russia, but loyal to side with Ukraine? In fact, it's getting to the point now that it seems Putin's taking cues from Fox News. Here's former Assistant Secretary of the Treasury under Trump, Monica Crowley, on Fox News a week ago. Look, Russia is now being cancelled. Right. I mean, between uh, the fierce Ukrainian resistance and the widespread international financial sanctions and boycotts and Russian teams being barred from international competitions, Russia is being canceled. And then here's Sergei Nerishkin, head of Russian foreign intelligence, this week. The masks are off. The West isn't simply trying to close off Russia behind a new Iron Curtain. This is about an attempt to ruin our government. To cancel it. That's right. Apparently the West's biggest weapon against Russia is cancel culture. If Putin isn't careful, we're going to send a bunch of woke 20-somethings on Twitter after him who will like totally ratio his white boy ass. You hear me, Putin. You're cancelled. Luckily for Putin, he isn't entirely without friends. America has raised alarms over Putin turning to Beijing for support, support which is likely to be on offer. Here's Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi. In a world of instability and transformation, China always serves as an anchor for stability and a force for good, and always stands on the right side of history. Taiwan, the Uyghurs, and everyone who has ever tried criticizing Xi Jinping on Weibo might have some rebuttals to that. Putin's right to feel the pressure, though. The war isn't going as he'd anticipated, and protesters are getting bolder, even in Russia. The main evening news on Russia's flagship state broadcaster has been disrupted by a protest against the war in Ukraine, one of the most high-profile acts of dissent within the country. During the broadcast, a woman runs behind the newsreader, brandishing a sign saying, No War. She's since been identified as an employee of the Kremlin-backed channel. And now, even Australia's Minister for Defence, Peter Dutton, has weighed in. He has been a paranoid and utterly ruthless operator. That is a harsh critique coming from someone who is quite famously a paranoid and utterly ruthless operator himself. Putin's Ukrainian gamble has been a miscalculation that may very well destroy the man himself. Much like that time, Peter Dutton tried leading a coup against Malcolm Turnbull, which turned out to be a miscalculation that may very well have destroyed his chances of becoming prime minister himself. In his desperation, Putin's now turning to cyber warfare. Now, this video falsely claims to show Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. He appears to talk to Ukrainian citizens and tell them to surrender to the Russians and lay down their arms. 
One version of the video has amassed more than 85,000 views on Twitter. That video isn't real. It's known as a deep fake video. Deepfake isn't the name for a really convincing knockoff designer product you can buy in Bali. It's a computer manipulation created using artificial intelligence. Imagine if in the Terminator universe, Skynet came online and instead of making robots that look like us, which then infiltrate the human resistance movement and destroy us using mistrust, they make social media videos that do that. So, you know, more effective Terminators. Basically, we're living in a science fiction dystopia and it's a lot shittier than we thought it would be. Labour makes Lindsay Lohan relevant again news now. Nothing stops politics in Australia. Not a pandemic, not a flood, not even the tragic death of a Labour senator at the age of 52. Last week, Victorian Labour senator Kimberly Kitching died of a suspected heart attack. There were, of course, the shocked reactions of grief followed by the outpourings of support for her loved ones. Then, well, then people started asking how much of her heart attack was due to her being in the Labour Party. There are claims the late Labour Senator Kimberly Kitching was bullied and ostracised by senior female colleagues. Labour leader Anthony Albanese has ruled out launching an investigation. It turns out in the days prior to her death, she'd been increasingly stressed by internal Labour politics and a group she called Mean Girls, comprised of Penny Wong, Christina Keneally and Katie Gallagher. Anthony Albanese, the Labour leader whose body is being objectified more than Chris Hemsworth's these days, has dismissed the claims. I find it astonishing that in 2022... I get a question using the term mean girls. And he's not wrong. Mean girls came out in 2004 and we need to update our references at the very least. The thing is, Labour doesn't have a great track record of investigating internal allegations of bullying or even sexual harassment and alleged rape. In March of last year, several women detailed their stories on a private Facebook group for current and former Labour staffers. There were stories of sexual assault, of abuse, of blatant harassment. At the time, Albanese said, uh, But I certainly have read uh, what has said, and it is of real concern. Women need to feel safe, you know, every workplace and indeed in every part of society. And what we need to do is to make sure we listen to those concerns and respond. Except there really wasn't any response after that, or since. No one that we know of has lost their job in the Labour Party for the alleged behaviour, nor were any investigations made public. Now, we know that Labour has provided a great deal of support to Brittany Higgins and was blisteringly critical of the Liberal Party's many problems when it comes to the treatment of women. But if it's going to attack others on their treatment of women members, then deny the presence of internal issues then it's proving that all its compassion is purely political opportunism. The same sort of political opportunism that Sky News is currently indulging in by making this a major topic of focus for the last couple of days, right after Labour was shown to be significantly ahead in the recent polls. I actually want to uh, tease out the real political significance of Labour's Mean Girls scandal, the alleged bullying by Labour figures of Labour Senator Kimberly Kitching. But first, the fallout from bullying claims by Labour women... Labour women senators against one of their own, the now late Victorian Senator Kimberly Kitching, intensified today. But I and a lot of Kimberly's other friends and the people closest to her are very angry about how she was treated by senior Labour figures, including three women that she called the mean girls as a joke. 
Now, until Shari Marks had named the three people who've been described as the mean girls today... But can I just add a little more and some stuff you haven't heard about the Kimberley Kitching situation? But first, was Labor Senator Kimberley Kitching hounded to her death? Um, great man, just about Kimberley Kitching, what did you think about how Albo played this one today? Did she ever talk about the stress of politics, the culture within Labor? Was there this mean girls attitude? It turns out not even death can save you from Australian politics. Joe Biden being creepy again news now. And finally, US President Joe Biden held an event at the White House for the reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act, which got weird. How many times have you heard, I'll bet everybody knows somebody somewhere along the line, that in an intimate relationship, what happened was the guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend or whatever in a compromising position, and then literally, in a sense, blackmails him or mortifies that person. Send it out. Put it online. You know what? I think I'm just going to walk away from that one. That's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. If you like my podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash Shah. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H. A few dollars helps this podcast a lot, particularly in terms of the production time that it takes to make this small but heavily researched weird thing I produce. Also, head over to Sammy, thesamishah.com slash shows to buy tickets to my Melbourne International Comedy Festival and my Sydney International Comedy Festival. The shows are called Unappreciated because I really am and uh, it's a really funny show and I hope you really enjoy it if you do come to it do definitely tell me if you come to it also my Patreon members get free tickets so if you're a member of the Patreon contact me for your free ticket right now otherwise I'll see you right back here next week on News Weekly where we punch the news in the headlines weekly weekly